Serving Northumberland County as a not-for-profit, volunteer-run community radio station, this is CFWN-FM. Northumberland 89.7. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. This is Reality Realty. The information presented in today's show may differ from what you see on national news or from a large GTA media group. It may even differ from the well-meant advice and expertise from family, neighbors, and friends. And why is that? Well, Reality Realty comes to you from Northumberland 89.7 FM and is your local real estate forum where local professionals, people who do their work day in, day out, take on and talk about all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. According to the CBC, speaking of national news media, according to the CBC News yesterday, the U.S. is ready to restart talks with North Korea immediately with the aim to complete North Korea's denuclearization by January 2021. These could potentially be the most important high-stake negotiations on the planet. And no doubt there's teams of professionals on both sides analyzing the psychology involved and the most effective approaches for each country's goals. And hopefully the respective leaders will actually listen to those teams of professionals. And some would say the negotiations in buying or selling of your home is equally as important. How you and your team understand and implement psychology and psychological strategies in negotiations can make a substantial difference in your future. This morning, we'll be uncovering part three of our sales series, Today's Real Estate, Percep Today's Real Estate Perception, Attitudes, Persuasion, and Passion. And this is a series looking at real estate from the psychological perspective. Joining us in just a few moments in the studio, and maybe <clears throat> you might even have heard somebody just come in. Joining us soon will be Nikki Reed, sales representative with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty, and also Jody Ledgerwood, broker of record with Northumberland Hills Realty. And together, we'll be providing you with the experience and thoughtful insight pertaining to the psychology involved around the real estate negotiations. First things first, let's take a look at our snapshot report for Northumberland's residential real estate market for this September 20, 2018. There have been 121 single-family residential sales over the past month, and that's an increase of four sales since last week's report. And this leaves us with a rising inventory of 456 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of those successful sales over the past year continues to rise to approximately $408,000 now, and that's, that's up from last week's report of 406000 
During the past year, people have received on average approximately 98% of their asking price in a market time of 45 days, and those stats have stayed fairly consistent over the past couple months. Northumberland County is still in the seller's market with an absorption rate at approximately 27% based on the past month's trend. So this means we have a residential home inventory that can satisfy approximately 3.8 months of sales at the rate homes have been selling. I research these Northumberland County statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from CoreLogic's matrix system and matrix is the local realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this kind of information, but you'll want it more area-specific, specific to the property type you're dealing with and the price band it's in. So how do you find that information out? Well, you talk to your local realtor to understand the Northumberland market information that's most relevant to you. Today's mortgage rates, a fixed, a five-year fixed is as low as 3.24%, and a five-year variable is as low as 2.7%, and those rates are steady from last week. As always, condition, some conditions do apply to mortgage rates, and today's mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with Dominion Lending Centers Alliance. And that is your current snapshot of the residential market in Northumberland County. I'd just like to remind everyone that the views and opinions expressed on Reality Realty or any of the articles presented, they don't represent the views and opinions of the station necessarily or of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors or any other real estate brokerage or realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. So some listeners, they likely find themselves wondering where did we get the budget to bring in week after week some of the biggest names in the Northumberland real estate industry? Well, in light of the psychological perspective of this series, I'm going to let you continue to wonder as I welcome back Jody Ledgerwood, broker of record with Northumberland Hills Realty and captain, captain of arguably one of the most skilled realtor golf teams in Ontario. <laughs> Jody, thank you for coming back this week. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Dale. And and what do you think, um, captain of one of the most skilled uh, golf teams, uh, real realtor golf teams of Ontario? Would that be an accurate description? I think that's absolutely accurate, Dale. Especially because you're one of my team members. Perfectly accurate. Now, did <laughs> I ask you to? Did I ask you to point that out? No, you did not. <laughs> yeah. Now I was going to say in Canada, right? But I thought, um, I don't know that. No, we, we well, can't, better we just can't stick say with something Ontario. we don't know. Yeah, exactly. better just stick yeah. with Ontario. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and also joining us uh, this morning is Nikki Reed, sales representative with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty. And Nikki has been kind enough, kind enough to spend her time helping me produce this series and uh, being here. And Nikki's aiming to see this series right through. Nikki, thank you for for your insight and your time uh, joining us on this show. And welcome back. Yes, thank you, Dale. And good morning, Jody. Good morning. Yeah, so, Nikki, have you been thinking, as we're doing this series, uh, when we do our everyday thing, has it, doing the series, has it made you think more about the things we would just normally do and putting them in a, in a, you know, analyzing them in a psychological perspective? A hundred percent. It's yeah. funny that you say that because over the last few weeks, as I'm doing deals, I've thought about it so much more or I'll be in that moment going, this is exactly what we're talking about. Or, 
you know, I yeah. need to talk about it at the next show or analyze it a little bit more. So, yeah, it's definitely opened my eyes up a little bit more to analyze it. So it's yeah. been interesting. Yeah, it's it's been good. Yeah, yeah, it's neat the way that works. I mean, it's not like we never did think about this stuff before, but I find whenever I do a show, uh, I'm always a little more focused on what the show's about. And, and I really believe that this uh, doing the show and being on here makes us think a little bit more about these aspects and make us, makes us review things when we maybe wouldn't have. And, yeah. and it keeps us sharp, that's for sure. So we're considering, uh, we're continuing uh, our series here uh, this week and, and the title of the series. And, and I think I need to do a book, <laughs> a book by this title. Every time, I, every time I look at it, I say, I like that title. And, and our series is titled Today's Real Estate, Perception, Attitudes, persuasion and passion i love it wouldn't that make it good i love it that would i'd read it you'd read it i would i I would so i have two sales there you go or are you expecting a free one well i definitely want a free copy (laughs) and i want your autograph as well my autograph (laughs) like that's worth a whole lot (laughs) yeah but but i would i would because it would make me feel pretty important (laughs) yeah so anyways we're going to do that and it's a whole series on the psychological perspective of the things that happen in our real estate transaction and we're going to spend most of the time today on the negotiation part because so much of the psychological aspect uh, happens there but I also just want to touch on something because we we started all this last week and and it ended up running fairly long because there's a lot of angles to look at last week we started off with how does the how does the seller reach the buyer before the negotiations even start? You know how can how can the seller reach the buyer psychologically? And and it's through their home, and it's through how they set up their home and knowing who their uh, target market is, and then the advertising of that set up home, and and so it was pretty pretty easy to find avenues to reach that buyer psychologically before even uh, an offer. What we didn't have a chance to get into, and and this is a much smaller segment, but is there, and if there is, is there a way that the, what would be that way, that the potential buyer can reach the seller before even putting in an offer? And and I I think it's fairly reduced to, you know, we are, as as buyers, we're, we're going through a seller's home. And I think a whole lot is just in how we do that and the respectfulness we have in in that. What 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 are some thoughts when when I say that? Well, one would definitely be make sure you have a realtor that's going to represent your needs. Um, two, make sure you don't make a mess. And if you make a mess, clean it up. If you break something, leave an apologetic note. Offer to pay for it. Uh, when you leave, make sure your realtor turns off the lights. Take your shoes off when you walk through the front door. There's very few very respectful things that you can do that you would do going into your own parents' home or, or one of your friends' homes. And it's funny. I don't know. I'm sh- sure you guys have come across this, too, is when you confirm a showing, mm-hmm. they'll, uh, often you'll get agents you know, confirm it back, but they'll state in there, please t- turn off the lights, take your shoes off. And I always think to myself, well, aren't, you supposed to just do that exactly you know like the fact that it has to be specified 
clearly states that either there's been issues there or, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, mm-hmm. I find it odd that, you know, sometimes, you know, outside of the shoes off and the lights off, I understand if there's specifics with a cat or a dog or certain things, but those two things in particular, you know, kind of standard, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and courtesies. And exactly. And when we do get confirmation, there's there's sometimes instructions there, like don't don't let Twinkle outside because right. maybe Twinkle is a family cat. And yeah. so, you know what, you let Twinkle outside by mistake because Twinkle isn't an outdoor cat. And I think psychologically, you might be at a disadvantage now if you want to oh, put yes. in an offer, right? <laughs> Definitely. You, you've just lost a family member. Uh, yeah, and, and that's exactly, I mean, there's ways we can speak to the uh, seller before we ever do an offer because we, we certainly, we'd like, we'd like that seller to actually like the buyer and, and if not like the buyer, just not dislike the buyer. Correct. Before we get started, and 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 for the realtor, le- leaving a business card. Uh, yeah. I mean, every now and again, could it happen that you reach into your purse or your pocket, and oh my goodness, I just used the last one at the previous house. Could happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's other ways. Um, I I know it's happened to me, and and I've maybe found a scrap paper in my in my car, and I just write a handwritten note. Thank you. S- yeah, mm-hmm. th- saying yeah. thank you and uh, sorry. Um, used up my last business card, things like that. Just being considerate. Sometimes we get instructions to leave the lights on because... Mm -hmm. Because there's another showing afterwards, perhaps. Yeah. 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 Or an open house. Yeah. Later in the day. Yeah. 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 So things things can be happening. So that's exactly it. And and I mean, not every home we go in is a shoe off home either, is it? Yeah. That's very true. My home isn't a shoe off home. Um, Another thing a buyer can do is be on time. You know, sellers expect that when you say from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, it doesn't mean you're going to show up at 2.30, and it doesn't mean you're going to show up at 12.30. Mm-hmm. Be on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if not, I mean, just keep the agent in the know that you're running behind with your showings, which does happen. Exactly. Um, but I think, you know, that's a huge one because a lot of times people are leaving their house for that time frame, but it can be difficult. I had sellers recently, you know, they have two rescue dogs and it's a tough situation. He's a shift worker. So every time they're leaving, their dogs don't do well with strangers. They're taking their dogs for a walk or a drive. He's coming out of bed. Like, you know, he's trying to work around the schedule and if it's not respected or they don't just don't show up, I mean, it's, it's a real inconvenience and people don't realize Mm -hmm. how difficult that can be on a day to day basis, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and the timing, I mean, we typically, in, in this community, we typically will ask for an hour time frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't very often use the whole hour. Maybe, what, what, what would, Nikki, what would you say is average time for viewing f- with your clients typically? On average, I would say 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. I've stayed mm-hmm. almost an hour when they really, really like the house and they really want to go through, comb mm-hmm. through it carefully. Um, but I'm normally in and out within mm-hmm. 20 minutes to half an hour. And uh, how about you, Jody? Yeah, I'd say that's about right. I've had clients that know within two, three minutes of being in a home and then we're out of there. Um, But I do Mm -hmm. typically leave an hour, especially if I've got a buyer coming from out of town and they want to look at four or five houses, then I schedule an hour in case we spend more than 20 minutes in one house or only five minutes in one. Then I've got that overlap. That's it, exactly. You want to build in some wiggle room there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, because, because every now and again, and I mean, and there's different different buyers will view a home a different way. Uh, some may have limitations. 
Uh, some just really need to look at a home very closely to to have a good feeling. Um, but there's there's times when the uh, seller will you know they they know maybe the viewing is two to three, and they're already thinking it might be a half an hour viewing and so they've shown up at 20 to 3 mm. thinking well we've given them 40 minutes and they still see the cars around and they say okay so they just wait on the road in the car and you know it's getting 10 to 3 and they're still there <laughs> and and maybe these sellers maybe they they knew that it was three o'clock latest and and they got to get home they maybe they got to get changed and go to a meeting or something mm -hmm. or something's going on they need in their house and and now it's three o'clock and they're you know getting impatient and they know it's best not to be in there so that psych psychologically mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't help exactly yep. yeah yeah so and i don't know i think that's about all that that the buyer can do prior to negotiations uh, yeah, I, just to throw out there, what do you think, in line with this, what do you think of, um, or have you run into this quite a bit, when you go up to do a showing and the owner's there and they they don't tell you that the owner's going to be there for the showing mm. and it becomes a very awkward situation. Sometimes you're informed, you know, they can't leave for whatever reasons, which is fine, but then there's those odd times. I've had it happen twice now where you go and you're like, oh, Hello. somebody's here, <laughs> hi. And, you know, they want to chat and they want to show you things or... There, or there's just a really awkward feeling for the buyers as well as the owners of the home. Have you guys run into that? I've definitely run into that, <laughs> and it is awkward. And I've, I find that in 99.9% .9 of those cases, my buyers want out of that house ASAP, Say, and yeah. they're not interested in putting in an offer. Yeah, it becomes a really big deterrent. Unless it's yeah. stated ahead of time, you know, oh, she's an older lady, she can't leave. Yeah. It's a country property, you know. But even then, I often find they'll just even sit in their car, car at the end of the driveway just to remove themselves. But, yeah, I often find that if they're there and it's just one of those awkward run-ins, it's like, let's get out of here as quick as possible. That's it. Yeah, and, and when we view a property, when a buyer views a property, that's invasive. Mm -hmm. You're going into somebody else's personal space, and, and the buyers know that. They know it's invasive. And so when the seller is away, they're, they have a chance to get comfortable and see if this could be their home when they know the buyer is right there. Even when, when a buyer, uh, I mean, if the seller is mm -hmm. there, even if the seller sort of removes themselves and says, I'll just be on the front porch or, or even in the car at the end of the driveway, that potential buyer just really, it, the fact that it's invasive is magnified. Yes. And do they, can they actually psychologically no. give no. that house half a chance they no. really can't because it doesn't feel like their home they're reminded it's not their home well yeah. every yeah every minute they're in there they they're they're thinking you know we're taking up their time exactly yeah. Yep. yeah or uh, sometimes it's just <coughs> a matter of you know the homeowner itself like people will form opinions based on what they're seeing whether it's the home and the condition it's in whether it's the person that currently lives there mm -hmm. and you know that's just the reality they tend to take all that in and go oh you know and form that opinion so not that you know so I, sometimes it's just could be a real deterrent and uh you know it the, it's better for sellers to really recognize not being there is a better thing it also for legal wise it's better that there's not that meat because what if you say, you know, the seller says something 
that opens up a can of worms for their agent to have to manage that if an offer does come in. Exactly. I mean, there's all there's there's more to it than just the psychological side too. It could have a, a ripple effect for a potential offer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and negotiation. That, sorry, and then and then that could potentially. I mean, and this is sort of a rabbit trail, but I mean, there could be a whole show on the for sale, the dynamics around a for sale by owner mm-hmm. when people sell their own home because they typically will be there at the home, and and I know I'm working with some buyers right now, and we we went to three three homes where the. Uh, I think two of them were for sale by owner, and one of them, it was just a case where the seller decided to stay and just be out on the front porch. And and in two of the cases, you know, the seller, they were removed. They Even the for sale by owner, they just said, we'll be over here. And then uh, finally on the third one, uh, that for sale by owner, the, the owners really felt that they had it in them to represent the home well. They knew the home. They could sell the home. There'd be questions that only they knew. And so they sort of followed us around. And and my, my buyers just said after that one, they said, you know, Dale, no more. If we see one and it's for sale by owner, let's just skip it. We're, n- we're not even interested in that. So so it's that whole psychology there. Mm-hmm. Of that's a whole other show. <clears throat> yeah, the personal sales, I think that's a really big one. Yeah. Uh, that needs to be discussed at some point too. Cause yeah. There's a lot of parameters, especially now with so many variables, which we've talked about quite a bit, but there's there's a lot of things that we could discuss on another show about that topic <laughs> alone. Yeah. Well, let's, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back from the break, we're going to get right into negotiations. So the next two segments, negotiations full out because there's, there's lots to talk about. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after the break. And let's get into the meat of the psychology surrounding negotiations in a real estate transaction. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. Our topic this morning is today's real estate perception, attitudes, persuasion, and passion. And our guests this morning are Nikki Reed, real estate sales representative with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty, and Jody Ledgerwood, broker of record with Northumberland Hills Realty. And ladies, um, just have an announcement, uh, and, and I forgot on our first segment because this is really new, but uh, the station manager uh, mentioned to me uh, that we have, Reality Realty has a, a new show sponsor. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So somebody has said, hey, I'd like to sponsor that real estate show, and it is Sarah Jacob, and Sarah Jacob has SMM um, legal law, law, SMM SMM law. And thank you, Sarah Jacob, and everybody that works uh, in your firm. um, We'll definitely need to, we'll definitely need to try and get Sarah Jacob on here, and I'll I'll, uh, be in touch with her soon and and see who would, either Sarah or somebody from the office. And uh, yeah, fantastic. So... SMM Law, Sarah Jacob, thank you very much for uh, sponsoring this show. So, ladies, negotiations. Yes. And we're getting right into that. So, I mean, a negotiation starts with an offer. So we're starting, let's start with the buyer. Because, the bu- I mean, the buyer typically is the one writing up the offer. So the buyer... The buyer writes up the offer, but I'm thinking before we even get into mm-hmm. like what we would insert in an offer, 
there are things surrounding an offer, like the presentation. And uh, what, what can we do around an offer? What can be done around an offer to psychologically reach a seller? And, um, you know, different ways we can present, we can present. Uh, and more and more offers are being faxed and emailed in. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the, and, and that's, so there's, there's something. The presentation, I mean, that used to be the big thing. If you w wanted to have a serious presentation, you'd pre present it in person because it was perceived, and maybe rightly so, there's a psychological advantage to that. What, what do you think about that? Um, I agree with you. Whenever possible, I always present my offers to the sellers. That way they've got a face. They can ask me questions. I can relay information about my buyers. I can tell them how great their house was or what my buyers really loved about their house. So it attaches a face and an emotional value to that offer that hopefully will be positive for the sellers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it, I think it's an important uh, part of the negotiation, um, being there to be able to present and, you know, again, mm -hmm. answer those questions, um, put a face to the name. You know, if there's any, if it's a multiple and there's a few offers and they're kind of intrigued by yours, they can ask those questions. You can make the call, you know, mm -hmm. so it allows for just a little bit more opportunity. How about, uh, have you ever seen a scenario where, there's been a personal presentation from the buyer's realtor and and it the personal presentation really did that offer no favors. Yes. <laughs> you both said that at the same time. You both yeah. and, and, and and was it necessarily I mean we're obviously never gonna get into names and addresses no. here. No. We just talk in generalities. But was was it was it <laughs> okay, I'm let's, to let's say this. Yeah. I did have a realtor that was very <coughs> insistent on presenting to my sellers. And I said, by all means, mm -hmm. you know, we'll meet at this time. And the realtor came in and they sat down. They said, hi, I'm so-and-so. This is my offer. This is the price. These are the conditions. Your realtor will, will tell you the rest. And they got up and left. So and I thought, why, why waste our time? No yeah. benefit in it. No. no. Or I've, ha I've had... Uh, one where it was really just a pushy situation mm. and that bullying tactic, which is a complete turnoff for me because I, I don't operate that way. And I understand it, it you know, aggressive, yep. it can work. And some people really appeal to that. I don't. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, again, not about me either. So, I mean, you're there, the offers are being presented. And it was just a matter, I think, the conversation just went south because when it wasn't going the direction they wanted it to, the aggressiveness got worse and it became a real tense situation and it was like okay so um you know if we, it, we're not going to look at that even yeah. if it was the best it was such a turnoff for my sellers that mm -hmm. it's it just was not going to happen even if it was the best offer on the table i think they were turned off so it didn't do justice for their buyer at no. all and and i'd have to say it it doesn't always equal time in business correct yep I've seen I've seen presentations from realtors with a lot of time in business and I've thought really <laughs> <laughs> This is your chance to win the sellers over and you've done the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, um, th so, so the presentation, I mean, can be, can be meaningful. What about uh, a story as you're yeah. presenting, or, or even, oh, even, sure. even if you're sending it in by email, a story about your buyer, or even, yeah. even a personal letter yep, yep. directly from the buyer. How, how have you seen that uh, be effective psychologically? Um, I've ha I've been using it. I've only <clears throat> used it a few times, um, and it's been really good. I find it's one of those things that's not overly evasive or pushy. It's not a bullying tactic, but if there's a situation where it calls for my buyer to say, I really want to explain something or say something, or it's a young family, or I had one lady, she's a younger lady, and she really wanted this house. And um, so she put together a little story, and that helped. Mm -hmm. I've, I've actually used it. Uh, my mom's used it. And I think that it just sometimes it's just that nice little personal touch. Depending on the sellers, there's some that are just not going to care. Like they, you know, it's but all about I think, the bottom dollar. Yeah, and and that's yeah. fine too. I mean, that's your personal choice. But there are some that that little story, even if there's not multiple offers, if you're presenting, maybe you can't go as high as they want, or you can't offer much. If there's that little bit of information that allows them to get to know you. And they know this person psychologically is going to be taking a house that they love mm -hmm. and have a connection to. Sometimes, often, that means more to them than anything. And whether you're coming in, you know, a couple thousand lo less than what you can what, or what they're asking for, sometimes that's just all that's needed to just really set this it in stone for them to say, this person's really going to love this house exactly. as much as we do. Exactly. And especially if the seller has lived in the home for a long mm -hmm. period of time, I've they tend to be more emotionally attached to the home so they want to make sure that their home goes to someone who's going to love it as much as they exactly. have so that story really makes an emotional impact for the yeah. seller there's a huge connection there mm -hmm. and, and once again i guess we could tie that into the to viewing a home mm -hmm. you you want the people to to like you to at least not dislike you and because there's a relationship and and so you're you're building on this relationship where people have never met just with that sort of intro whether it's just verbal from from the buyer's realtor or whether it's uh, something written uh, emailed from the buyer to the buyer's realtor and then pass along and or if it's a handwritten letter mm -hmm. all of that stuff can help and and I've never seen it hurt I've never no. seen the I've seen the in-person presentation hurt <laughs> yes and not just once. Yeah. yeah. But I've never seen a letter hurt. No. Nope. Right. At all. And just so people know uh, what that letter really, what we're talking about is when you're presenting an offer, maybe there's more things you want to say about the property to let the sellers know, you know, I'm really interested for this reason. Or, you know, I've mm -hmm. seen where, you know, it's a single person, they can't afford the price they're asking, but they really want the house and they'll value it. Or you have, you know, a small family, it's their first home. They mm -hmm. really love the house, and they're just stating the reasons why. And, you know, so if you're ever deciding to put an offer in and that's something you want to think about, that is something that does happen. And a lot of people are acceptable, uh, accepting of it. So, mm -hmm. Especially well, if you're coming in low, you mm -hmm. don't want to offend the person. So explain your circumstances. The worst that can happen is the person still says, no, we really want this. But at least you haven't offended anybody, and everybody is still 
in a pleasant state of mind. Exactly. Yeah. It's not about your house. It's about my own personal finances. Exactly. Yeah. And and now and and that works really well. Often when when you see people have put it years and years and years and hours and hours and hours into their gardens yes. because they're gardeners and and they just would love if the next person who comes along is a gardener because yes. they don't want to see this all go to grass seed or weed or just be neglected and that can help a lot. Uh, that's that letter or story explaining the strength of your financing. Mm -hmm. Because that's one of the big questions everybody's going to think about when they see an offer. Okay, whether 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 the financing condition is in or not, yeah. we're wondering, can you afford it? Even exactly. if you didn't put a financing condition in, is this actually going to go through? Yeah. And so a little bit of a story about the strength, a believable story <laughs> about the strength yeah. of your financing. Yeah. <coughs> so pardon me. So why don't we go right into the drafting of this offer. Mm -hmm. dum, dum, dum. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, you got, you got your price, you got your deposit, you got closing date, inclusions, exclusions. Conditions. Conditions. Well, what are you thinking of psychologically when you think of the drafting of this offer? I know for me, psychologically, it, it stresses me out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you have your norm, you know, especially for country properties, you have your norm of certain conditions that you put in, your kind of standards for out here or even out in Durham region, which I have done quite a few out there as well. Um, but what stresses me out a little bit is I always think to myself, if I miss anything, this could be a real fallback for my clients as mm -hmm. well as myself. And that's a heavy weight that we carry as real estate agents, which I don't think people realize. Lawsuits happen all the time. Yeah. And and more importantly, for my clients, I don't want to miss something in there where I'm getting a call once they move in and they say, uh-oh, we have a problem because I misinformed them or I missed a condition or a clause or something in there that would protect them from anything. And, and it, it's it, it, that's a heavy weight. I, I mm -hmm. like to make sure I do my research, speci specifically if the property is a little bit more trickier. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, how about you, Jody? Yeah, I feel the same way. My 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 first thought is always how do I protect my buyer without offending the seller, but getting my buyer everything that they need exactly. in order to function in this home mm -hmm. with their family. Um, and yeah, so it's it's always I I I always draft it and then I read it over and I go hmm and then I go through all of our pre-standard clauses to say to look at again did I miss anything and then I go through my head and re revisit the house in my head what do I remember seeing or not seeing in this home that I need to account for in this offer and usually I do find one or two more things that I can add to the offer or I'll call up my buyers and say hey when we were there I remember seeing this is this important to you to maybe address in the offer or are you okay with it being as is um, so that's always in the forefront of my mind. How do I protect without offending? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and one, uh, two of the things that you, you, you ladies have mentioned, uh, you know, in, in analyzing this is uh, one of you said, you know, standard, the standard conditions. I think maybe, Nikki, you said the standard conditions, mm -hmm. you know, a reference to that. And, and then, Jody, you said something about, you know, make sure that this offer actually doesn't offend them. Mm -hmm. I mean, most important, we need to, 
and, and you said this, Jody, protect our clients. Yes. Yeah. And also, like, you might think, well, how can you offend them? You're, you're protecting your clients. And, the, and those two comments make me think of, and I, I don't mean to pick on GTA realtors. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. But this is where Here's I... a local realtor. <laughs> this, is, this is where I see it the most. And and we uh, I have I have a template I have a template offer yes. ready on my system yeah and I have conditions that I think belong often in there and then and then I customize it right but what I find sometimes is we get this template offer coming in and uh. what if you have this home it's in pristine condition I mean. You wonder if anybody's even walked through it, let alone used the stove or oven or mm -hmm. everything's glistening. And then, and then you get an offer in, and one of the terms is that the seller will leave the house in, in broom-swept condition. condition. Oh, yes, I hate that's seeing that city. one. Yeah, that's a big one. Just, yeah. just remove it, folks. Yeah. Take a moment. You just you just start at the beginning and you and you press the cursor <laughs> and you highlight it and you, and you delete it and you delete it. These people. I love how we said it, that all at exactly. the same time. Exactly, it's very yeah. offensive to someone who has a spick and span house. They go, "What was my house not clean enough for them? How much yeah. cleaner can I?" And it immediately puts a negative spin on that offer. Yeah. Yeah, and so we're we're into the psychology of the uh, of the of the yeah mm -hmm. of the seller and and so. And, and, and I mean, it's just the quickest, thoughtless, most thoughtless way. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, then, and then we get clauses in there about, um, you know, um, blah, 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 if applicable. Blah, 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 if applicable. Yeah. Did you so not walk through the house and see if yeah. it's applicable or, or not? Or look at the listing. Yes. And if it's not applicable, just remove it because psychologically... How many pages now exactly. is Schedule A? Yeah, exactly. You, you, you tend to get two, three, four, and you're like, okay, by the second page, your sellers are like, okay, really? This Let's isn't a good offer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what I did see from one GTA offer was, and I, and I immediately went, are you, and I had to present it to my clients and show them. Um, she had in there about the municipal land transfer tax. I'm going, we don't have municipal land transfer tax. Oh, the, this like is Coburg, not Toronto. The, the Toronto tax, yes. Yes. Yeah, I've I, seen I, that. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, did you, do, do you remember showing the house in Coburg? And I understand that in their defense, it's new properties out here. But I think that there needs to be research just like when we are mm -hmm. selling down there, you know, or doing deals down there. Um, whether it's calling us up and saying, hey, you know, is this a standard clause that you guys are here? Do I need to, you know, just to help, you know, why don't you give us a shout and say, we're going to be submitting an offer, you know, and just tidy things up, do your research. It just helps make the offer cleaner and become less of a turnoff. Mm -hmm. Or pay attention to the area you're working, working in. in. If yep. you don't know the area, don't work there. Yeah. Refer, refer it out. out. Yeah, and that's yeah. a huge thing. We do do referrals with other agents, with other you know? All the time. And that alleviates you having to worry about it. You're still getting paid. I mean, it, it just makes it smoother for everybody in uh, in the transaction period. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and now the other thing that can fill up a Schedule A, and, and the, like, the psychology behind having pages of a schedule a so you think oh my goodness this isn't a clean offer mm -hmm. even though you read each condition or term separately and they it might not mean anything but it's just that overall feel right yes and and so we can get and and i 
I'm not asking anybody here to say if they do it or not. But we can also fill up an offer with, with clauses that protect us as realtors. Now, I know I've sat in workshops where real estate lawyers that, that I, I believe um, Aria sent us, you know, for, for workshops, and they say the offer is between a buyer and a seller. And when we put in all our little clauses mm -hmm. to say um, now we have, uh, we're giving written permission for the brokerages to advertise this sale I mean, what business does it have in there? It, it's it just, doesn't. it's making yeah. that offer look bigger and more complex. And yeah. At you know. the end of the day, that doesn't belong in an offer. It belongs in a separate agreement between you and the seller or you and the buyer. It does not belong in the negotiations of a buyer and a seller. And I think as agents, if we're doing our, a good job to cover and protect our clients, we then therefore are protected. If there's open uh, communication between them, for example, I had a really tricky one this weekend. We went to see how Saturday we were going to put an offer in. It turned into four, a multiple offer of four. So we were one of four. And I knew for the price point we'd have to go above, which they were fine with. But I also knew we had to clean up the conditions. So which ones were going to go? Um, so I made some calls. I spoke to their bank person. I spoke to this person. We, um, it has a stove. I asked the uh, seller's agent, does it, do they have wet certification? She said yes. I said as a protection to my clients, if they don't or they don't provide it, when we inspect it, uh, I will cover the cost of having the inspector wet certify it. So you're covered. So we were able to eliminate many of the conditions that would normally be in there and kept only two that were imperative to my clients that they felt comfortable with. And we ended up winning out of four offers because we were able to clean it up. But it had to be a huge dialogue between me and them. So they, you know, and kind of in writing too, just so that I knew I had confirmed with them certain things and they were comfortable with certain things. And I did my research. And yeah, it was a lot of time and a short time of it being presented, but it was imperative to to make sure they were comfortable and happy with, you know, we gave it our all, but they were going to be happy in the end of what it turned out to be, you know? Exactly. Well, ladies, we're, we're at break time already. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM, local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we'll continue to talk with Jody and with Nikki about real estate and the psychology surrounding negotiations. Welcome <laughs> back. Yeah. Please like us on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And our guests today are Nikki Reed and Jody Ledgerwood. And we've been focusing on the psychological perspective surrounding negotiations. Um, one of the things, one of the things when I'm representing a buyer, I love to encourage is if we're putting in an offer on a home, I love to, I love it when my buyer has a backup home. I, mm -hmm. I love it when we don't just like one home, but when my, when my buyer actually likes two homes. So that when we come in, now this, this is assuming it's not multiple offers because 
all of this psychology just gets flipped on its head. Yes. yes. But when, when it's just our offer, and that I can honestly say to the listing realtor or the buyers in the nicest way that, you know, there's two homes. Obviously, my buyer prefers this home. But if we can't make this work out, they, they truly have a second home that they're, and, and depending on the situation, maybe even name the home, name right. the address. Let the psychological concern be real. Right. What do you think about that? It makes sense as long as it's true. Well, I mean, yeah. even if it wasn't true, it could still work. <laughs> Right, but <laughs> but it could also backfire, it, it and now backfire. your your buyers are out of a home, or they look like liars. And and you, the realtor and the buyers, have just lost Trust. all credibility. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you have to say after that, means nothing. Exactly, and that's why I personally would never do it unless it was true. But boy, do I ever try and encourage my buyer to really say, Dale. Yeah, we would. We we could go for that home. We we do like that home as well. Right. And and legitimately like that home. So yeah. I mean, part of the psychology going on there. Uh, what do you think, Nikki, about deposits? How does that work psychologically with the uh, with the offers? With, yeah, with with the <laughs> seller seeing different size deposits. Um, I think it depends the way it's presented and the price point. And there's other variables, but standardly. I think it's changed over time. You mm -hmm. know, people see a good hefty deposit. They feel like it's a more serious offer because uh, there's, mo you know, the theory is the more they're putting down, the more they're at risk of losing potentially if things fall through for whatever reason. For non-contractual no, reasons. Right, yeah. exactly. I was just, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but then again, I don't know. I don't know if the deposit plays a big part. I, it really hasn't been a variable for me, I don't think. No. I haven't really experienced where they even really care so much for that. No, it's every, the conditions now are huge and the mm -hmm. price point. For what I've experienced is if there's multiple offers, then the bigger the deposit, the less... Um, the less doubt there is that these people can afford the house. Yes. Um, but that's the only time I've ever found that the deposit actually makes a difference. Because at the end of the day, if there's conditions in there, the deposit gets returned if those conditions aren't met. Exactly. Um, if the conditions are met, then it's almost a done deal mm -hmm. that it's going to close. So I haven't found that the deposit makes a big difference one way or the other unless there's multiple offers. Yeah. Well... I mean, prior to, let's say prior to 2015, mm -hmm. maybe even prior to 2016, most common deposit amount? $500. Or, well, was it $500? Oh. Before 2015, 2016, 500 was what we saw. I would and say 1000 1000 I, mm -hmm. I, I saw, I saw, personally, I saw 1000 the most, mm -hmm. which, ridiculous when you compare reference back to GTA where they're looking for 5%. Oh, yes. mm -hmm. So they're looking for 10, 20, 30,000 mm -hmm. dollars. Um, but ever since 2015 as our market started to jump, jump and then jump more and and then last year we were getting deposits that were 10, 20, 50,000 dollar deposits. Amount. I'm finding that a lot of the deposits are coming back now uh, to a to a one to five thousand dollar deposit, yeah. but I'd say right now I'm seeing mostly a thousand, two thousand. 
Yeah, it yeah. Seems to be the average. Pretty common. It, but I'm still seeing, yeah. I'm still getting, when I'm putting in a, submitting a offer for some of my buyers, there's pockets of realtors around here who are saying not enough. You know, so 2015 or 16, they might not have second guessed it. But now all of a sudden, they're saying, no, that's that's not strong enough. We, we can't trust that that deal will actually go through if that's all they have. And and those deals are going through. So, I, I mean, don't think the there's been confusion speak, that's yeah. happened here. My personal opinion is the deposit doesn't speak true to whether the deal will fall apart or not. No, exactly. It's, it's, it's a, an offer with the offers, you know, as, as part of the process. But... Like you said, and if it's multiples and depending on how many conditions and the price point, I mean, those variables determine maybe a, um, an amount to some extent, you mm -hmm. know. But realistically, I don't find or nor would I say, oh, that deposit isn't enough. If you have a good solid offer with great conditions, it's clean, it's a reasonable offer, that, those to me speak volumes more than anything. And in these times right now, financing condition is, if anything, is the big Exactly. And Big. a lot of people, especially if they're first time home buyers, their deposit is their RSP. They're not getting that money until closing. Yeah. So to ask for a bigger deposit is ridiculous. You're not going to get it. You've now just lost this deal. Yeah. All right. Let, and uh, but but then on the other hand, you, s you mentioned, Nikki, that the financing is a big deal. But if you have financing in there and you have $15,000, $20,000 deposit, financing condition becomes a smaller deal, right? Because you say, oh, these people actually were able to produce 15, 20,000, you know, within a day. I don't think the production of even that speaks to mm -hmm. the, the, whether the condition of finance will go through or not. It doesn't that's because that's mostly dependent on the appraisal, appraisal of the house. A, a, exactly. And, and just their qualifications. They could have, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars in liquid cash in the bank, but their financing could still go fall apart depending exactly you know if they have the worst credit in the world and they just happen to have money sitting there i meant so for me the finance condition really be, has played a huge toll this year because of the stress test and mm -hmm. and and oh, the yes. the lending process so even when you think you have a pre-approval and i can't state this enough from a from an institution it's not a done deal you are not approved and you are not going to get the house if you buy it under that amount it doesn't work that way so and I a pre-approval is done without the house knowledge. Right. So the approval Once, is done on the house, right? Not on the prospect of a house. Exactly. So I mean, when you, I mean, condition of finance is important. It needs to be there. But you know, if it uh, to me, the, vers the deposit versus how long they need for that finance condition is more concerning. They have your standard, you know, five day, five business day finance condition, and a hu uh, hu uh, hu small, uh, huge deposit and somebody else, or sorry, a little deposit, mm -hmm. and somebody else has a 10-day finance condition and a $50,000 deposit, that doesn't seem appealing to me. Why do you need 10 days? I'd rather take the five-day. No, we can wrap this up quickly and take the lower deposit. You know what I mean? So it just depends. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump <laughs> in and, and respectfully disagree with you 100%. Oh, right. <laughs> because, one, if I, if I get an offer for my seller and I see five-day financing, I'm going to say to my seller, as we're sitting down analyzing that offer, I'm going to say, okay, they, they put five <laughs> business days here. It might happen. They're optimistic, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and I hope it happens, but I want to prepare you right now. 
that on day four, we may see an amendment asking for more time. Yes. So I'd see those two scenarios and I'd say, I don't think, I think they're being too optimistic with five business days and, and the, the deposit was weak. I'd rather go 10 business days. I think it's longer than they need, but I don't trust the lenders because the lenders seem to work at their own pace at their own pace and 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 so you know maybe seven business days is maybe more accurate but uh i would say i love that big deposit i i think they're being realistic on the time it will take and so that that would be my approach yeah. and i'm not i mean we've no, all had right. different experiences and you're right? absolutely right it depends and it depends on the conversation you have with the agents too i mean there's times you can ask you'll ask an agent okay you know about this finance, you know, how's things looking? To say, oh, I don't know. Well, yes, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But if they say, you know, they have the pre-approval, things are set. Again, pre-approval is a loose term. But, you know, you have an open dialogue, then you have a better understanding. Um, I, I, for me, it's, it's so far been okay. I haven't run mm -hmm. into an issue, but it can be. It can be. I and find in the smaller areas, such as Northumberland County, five days is not enough because there's only so many appraisers that can service our area mm -hmm. and the banks are not going to put a stamp of approval until the appraiser has been there yep. and i'm finding unless it's a super slow market the appraisers are taking five to seven days yes. to get to a house and so I, yeah. I, I usually put in a 10-day financing clause because it's not just dependent on the bank or the bank schedule and our schedule it's also dependent on the appraisals schedule well, yeah and it definitely depends mm -hmm. you know what market i also do quite a bit in durham so it's a little bit different or i being that i worked in finance for 12 years if i have for example for my buyers i have close relationships with certain people that i work with and i'm able to and i work closely with their bank person it makes a difference but in the mm -hmm. condition of an appraisal when you're dealing with septic and well for sure you know you need appraisal you need some, you know, so you need that more time. So absolutely, yeah. it just depends on the property. So, so I mean, the the point to be taken here is is the the analyzing, There's the analyzing the, of of, mm -hmm. of the psychological analyzing mm -hmm. of where where each party is coming from and what could happen. I mean, the psychology is very much alive and well in the financing component of the of any offer. Uh, one of the one of the strategies that I see on offers, and we, we don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to hit this one here, is meet in the middle. People will back mm -hmm. and forth, and some people will say, well, you know, reasonable people will meet in the middle. We'll, we'll meet yeah. halfway. Right. Um, I, have, I have mixed feelings about that. What do you think about the meet in the middle strategy? I would say probably 60% of my deals usually meet in the middle. However, there's that 40% that aren't interested in meeting in the middle. It is one way or the other. Um, and I find a lot of times it comes down to the seller and what was in their head the number they had as their minimum. And a lot of times it's not a meet in the middle number. So if the buyers come in and they've met that number right off the hop, my sellers go, yep, I'm done. I don't want any more showings. I just want to be done with it. And, mm -hmm. it, and it's done. Yeah, and, and one thing I like to say to people, especially on a counteroffer, if, if, if they know, sometimes you counter and you pretty much, they know it's not even going to get accepted. And so I'll say, be, be careful of this counter because the meet in the middle mm -hmm. strategy is going to start to apply. And, and at this point, it's been back and forth enough times, are you prepared to say no to a meet in the middle? 
you know, because exactly. it's something you got to think about. Well, I yeah. think depending if it's gone back and forth psychologically for the seller too, they're going, well, why didn't you start there from the get-go or come in firm with something? You know, if you're, mm -hmm. if we're negotiating between $50,000 difference and you started at one end and they were at the top end and you're slowly climbing to that 25 mark, it's like, just go that, there. Just go there. They, they get frustrated. They're tired of the sign back. And yeah. what you don't realize is if it's not happening at the exact same time because the irrevocables, you know, two days away or a day away or whatever it may be, you know, you're going to them and you're disturbing them quite a few times to go back mm -hmm. and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. It becomes a bit of a turnoff. Psychologically, yeah. they're like, why did we have to do this ring and roll just yeah. to meet in the middle? I always try and get my sellers or buyers to go in, one, with a price that they'd be happy with, and two, if you're not interested in meeting in the middle, let your sign back show that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Strong message. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies, we're, we're at the end of the show. I, I just want to thank uh, Jody, thank you for being here. And uh, Jody, what's a, a good way somebody can contact you? You can reach me by email at jledgerwood at nhrealty.ca or by cell 905-269-SOLD. In other words... 905-269-7653. And Nikki, thank you so much for joining us again today. And what's a good way that a uh, listener could contact you? Uh, again, by email at uh, nikkireed at gmail dot. Sorry, Nikki Reed at royallepage.ca. <laughs> I was giving my personal email, uh, but for my work email, again, it's N I K K I R E I D at royallepage.ca or myself, 289 771 1768. All right, and folks, I'd just like to uh, reach out and thank uh, Sarah Jacob, SMM Law, for sponsoring this show. One of the, the absolutely one of the big pillars in our community for uh, law representation, especially uh, in the real estate uh, industry. And so, folks, if you have any other questions or comments about today's show, or for any real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Don't forget to join me next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, truly local radio. Until next week, folks. Serving Northumberland County as a not-for-profit, volunteer-run community radio station, this is CFWN-FM, Northumberland 89.7.